0: You are listening to Matter of Theology, a podcast production that deals with church and cultural issues from a biblical standpoint. We stand firm on the sufficiency of scripture, hitting every topic with an open Bible and the boldness to say things that others are afraid to. And now, here's the host of Matter of Theology, Chris Huff. All right, everybody. Welcome back. Welcome to another edition of Matter of Theology, the place where theology matters because everything, all of life, is a matter of theology. Uh, MOT is a podcast production that stands for the sufficiency of Scripture and seeks to show how Scripture infallibly, inerrantly, sufficiently, and authoritatively applies to everything we think, everything we say, everything we do. Uh, My name is Chris I am your host, and uh, on behalf of the Christian Podcast Community, the uh, Bar Podcast Network, we are grateful that you have chosen to tune in to this episode. And I've been saying this the last, uh, the last few episodes, but it's a, it sincerely is a prayer uh, of mine. And I, I do pray that you are doing well, um, and but ultimately that the truths of God's word applied by the Holy Spirit in your life continue to form you more and more into the image of our Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, so thank you so much for tuning in today, and uh, we're gonna we're gonna forego um, we're gonna forego announcements, and uh, you know forego you know the the stuff that I kick off the episode with and we're gonna get right into the content um, as as there are some things that uh, that we need to talk about and um, uh, as i as I sit here in my office and record uh, the latest episode of Matter of theology uh, we are uh, just a, a few days out from a horrific horrific uh, tragedy that took place um, uh, just a few days ago on uh, on Monday, March twenty seventh, two thousand twenty three, um, at the Covenant School, uh, which is housed on campus at on campus at uh, Covenant Presbyterian Church in Nashville, Tennessee. Um, a twenty eight year old biological woman. Um, stormed onto the campus just shortly after 10 a.m., shot her way into the building, uh, and then proceeded to martyr, proceeded to kill uh, six precious, precious people uh, that did nothing to her. They did nothing to her other than desire to live a godly life, and we're going to get into that. Um and uh, of these six people that were killed, three adults, uh, Cynthia Peake, who was a substitute teacher, Mike Hill was a custodian, and uh, Dr. Catherine Kuntz, who uh, was the headmaster of the school. Uh, and then the other three, who, yeah, nine years old, all three of them, Evelyn Dykehouse, William Kenney, and Hallie Scruggs, um, their, their lives were ended uh, Monday, March twenty seventh, as uh, this this young woman, Audrey Elizabeth Hale, um, stormed into the school and and proceeded to go on a murderous rampage until she uh, was killed by per- police, um, uh, by, uh, by 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 Na- Metro Nashville PD. Uh, th- th- those gentlemen are heroes. And praise the Lord for uh, men of courage, men of valor who are willing, men of bravery who are willing to run into the fight, run to where the gunfire is, put their lives on the line and neutralized that threat before more lives uh, could be taken. Uh, So those are just some of the, some of the initial details of, of what happened. And, um, let me say also as an aside that, uh, this is not meant to be an episode and I, I never want matter of theology. Um, uh, we have never wanted drew and I have never wanted matter of theology to be a podcast that chases the latest event or controversy. Uh, ambulance chasing is, is not us. Okay. Um, but, um, but, but, but this is, this is something that's been weighing on me since it happened on. On uh, on the twenty seventh of March, and this one hurts, and and, and this one it, it's it's it, since since becoming a parent, and as you guys may or may not know, I I have a seven year old son, and um, and since becoming a parent, uh, these stories when 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 they when they happen when these things happen and take place. Um, it it hits you in a different way. It really does. And those of you out there uh, listening to the podcast who are parents, you understand what I mean. Those of you listening to the podcast who maybe aren't parents, it still is going to hit you and it's still going to hurt. But this one carries some extra weight. And I think, not I think, I know the reason it carries extra weight. The reason it carries extra weight is because this was an attack on family. This was an attack on brothers and sisters in the Lord Jesus Christ. And, and we know that as, as, as the Lord builds his church through saving people, through sanctifying us positionally, um, and, and we, are, we are born into, when we are born again, we are born into the body of Christ. Therefore, we, there is a unity that we possess with one another. Um, I, I don't, uh, I, I, I didn't have the, the pleasure and privilege of meeting any of these six people, Evelyn, William, Hallie, Cynthia, Mike, Catherine. I did not know them personally. Like, like I know some of you. Um, uh, and, but, but I loved them. Why did I love them? Because we are united. We are united in the, by, by the blood of Christ. We are united as members of the Holy Catholic church, not the Roman Catholic church, the Holy Catholic church, the, the invisible church. There is a, there is a love, there is a bond, there is a unity there, um, that the Lord Jesus Christ prays that the Father would continue to build that unity in John chapter seventeen, but it is it is a unity that is wrought by the 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 triune work of God in and through our lives. So uh, this this attack um, uh, against these uh, against this this school and this church and and these these six people was an attack on family, and so it hurts um but let, let let me put this out there right away this was an attack on christ this was an attack um uh, and and persecution on christianity as a whole um it absolutely was and the more information that continues to come out um is is going to going to uh, further prove that um so uh details are still developing. Um there um uh, there th- there is I've already mentioned her name once and I'm wrestling whether or not to mention it again, but I will. Um Audrey Elizabeth Hale. Uh th- here's here's why I say it was an attack. Because she uh identified as a as a transgender man even though she was born as a biological woman. Um we know that uh, as, as, as Genesis 127 states and our Lord uh, stated in, uh, we see it in the gospel of Matthew, there are two genders, period, period, male or female. Uh, there's not 74. There's not 85. There's not four. There's not three. There are two two genders and so she she identified as trans Uh, i agree with my brother daryl harrison hashtag no one is trans and that's not a hateful statement that's not transphobic or anything like that to say that's the truth that's all that is is the truth so she, uh, dis, you know, asked to go by the pronouns of he, him, um, and uh, she. She did uh, have a manifesto that was written. The FBI, as of the recording of this episode, uh, the FBI is currently looking over that. They have said they do that. that once they're done with it, they are going to release uh, that manifesto to the public. Uh, she entered the school with, uh, with, with three weapons. Um, you know, and I know the the media out there is saying it was two AR type, type, you know, type weapons and, um, it was two AR type weapons and it was, uh, and then it was a, it was a pistol. It was a sidearm and, and well, let, 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 let's clarify, let's clarify. Yes, she did have an AR, which by the way, doesn't stand for assault rifle. It's Armalite. Um, but she did have an AR. She shot through glass to get in. And then she switched to a, a pistol, a Keltec. It looked like a Keltec two thousand. is either chambered in nine millimeter or forty five. Most likely nine millimeter. That's that's very 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 common. Um, and um, so she uh, switched to switched to that. And there there is surveillance video that is is shows that she she's wandering uh, wandering the, the the halls of this school on this church campus um looking looking for targets and um and so when she um uh, a couple of details have come out um uh Evelyn Evelyn uh, Dykhaus, uh, 9 years old um she ran to a fire alarm to pull the fire alarm in in an attempt to help save her classmates and she was shot when she was doing that that little girl is a hero um She showed more courage, strength, and resolve than people two, three, four, and five times her age Um, and praise the Lord for her. Um and uh it, it from what we understand now, uh Dr. Catherine Kuntz, uh of course the headmaster of the school, did attempt to confront uh Miss Hale and uh and and I'm, I'm sure talk her down. Uh she was shot. Mike Hill was shot as 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 uh, uh Miss Hale shot through the glass to get into the school. That that's when that, that that's when when he was shot and and like I said, details are still coming out and I'm not this isn't meant to go, you know, necessarily cover all the details, but it's just a tragic, tragic story. And the reason that I I wanted to record this and wanted to talk about what I'm going to talk about today, which by the way, I, you know, if you guys know, I I typically type notes out and, and am a little scripted with what I do personally on matter of theology, but this one, I just got my pen out and I just jotted down some stuff on a legal pad. Um, So, um, but, but I wanted to talk about this because these, these murders, and and the reason I wanted to talk about this as well is because what you're seeing right now in the media with the national media, which we should not expect anything less is we are seeing the narrative that they're trying to shift the narrative and blame the victims and blame Christians and blame conservative policies. And, and they're trying to twist and turn, um, uh, you know, the, the shooter, um, into the victim she's the real victim. And it's, it's the fact that Tennessee just passed these laws, you know, weeks beforehand that, that prohibited, um, you know, uh, gender, uh, drugs and surgeries for minors and, and, and prohibited and locked down these drag queen story hours or adult entertainment that would, that would be geared towards this subject. Um, you know it's 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 the lawmakers fault it's the christians fault for um uh for 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 being transphobic and for being hateful and and everything else and the media is running with that as i'm sitting here right now as i'm sitting here right now we you know it's been um uh, i'm recording this on the 30th of march so uh this happened on uh, monday the 27th let me make sure i got that date right <laughs> yes monday the 27th it is the 30th so it's you know 3 days later and And um, the White House press secretary uh, said this today, and I quote, our hearts go out to the trans community as they are under attack right now. To which I say, my response to that is really, really, can someone cite for me the last time a professing believer in the Lord Jesus Christ who, uh, you know, planned, planned, meticulously planned, targeted, and then executed on that plan to murder innocent people. When I say innocent, I mean, they did nothing to the shooter directly. Um, She was not defending herself. She was on the offensive. Can anyone cite for me a time when a professed believer in the Lord Jesus Christ did that? I'll wait. Because you can't. You can't. And so the narrative is being shifted, the narrative is being twisted, and ultimately, brothers and sisters, um, ultimately, this what we're seeing right now is persecution. Period. What we're seeing is persecution. Um, it's it's very very clear that that's the case. That the 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 tragic hate fueled murder that took place at the Covenant School, at Covenant Presbyterian Church in Nashville, Tennessee, is clearly an example of persecution. Persecution against the Lord Jesus Christ, persecution against his followers, and persecution against the church. All because, all be, and, and and obviously we're gonna talk about why it's persecution against Christ, but here's why it's persecution against us in the church. Because all who desire to live a godly life will be persecuted. That's 2 Timothy 3. 12 that's what we're seeing right now one of the children killed um in this attack was the senior pastor's daughter he has four kids she is the youngest of four his only daughter hallie scruggs was her name and chad scruggs is this is the lead pastor the senior pastor of a, co- a covenant presbyterian church which is a pca church solid church Um, And he he said to a friend, this was released in a statement um, the following day, he said, quote, through tears, we trust that she is in the arms of Jesus who will raise her to life once again. Amen, brother. And we are praying praying for this family we are praying for the family of every single person killed we are praying for the families of those affected by this hatred and that's exactly what it is it is a hate fueled persecution of christ and his church we are also praying for that said we are also praying for the family of audrey elizabeth hale we are praying for her parents, who, uh, who, who tried to counsel her. Um, they're very, very involved there at the church. Audrey uh, was a student, former student at, at the Covenant School there, and um, we're, we're praying for her parents. We're praying for her family. Um, there, there's been a lot of talk lately about oh, her parent. You know, in the media, her parents rejected her. They and 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 just again twisting the narrative. No, they didn't. They put a roof over her head. They put food in her stomach, clothes on her back, helped pay for education, um, and all the while tried to counsel her with the truth. It is not hatred to tell people the truth. It is not hatred to beg people to repent of their sin, turn to the Lord, confess him as Lord and Savior, and go and sin no more to live a life of righteousness because of the sacrifice of Christ. That's not hatred. It's not hatred to tell someone that unless they repent, unless they turn to Christ, that they will they will uh, uh, die in their sins. If they die in their sins without repentance, they will uh, go to hell and experience the unbridled, justified wrath of God for, uh, for their unbelief and for their sin. That's not hatred, that's love. That's what that is. So never, brothers and sisters, do not shy away from ever telling people the truth. Do not shy away of ever heralding biblical um, biblical truth and the uh, never, never, ever shy away or be ashamed of the gospel of God and of our Lord Jesus Christ, as that is the power of God unto salvation. I can't imagine, I cannot imagine what these families are going through and experiencing right now. I can't. But brothers and sisters, we shouldn't be surprised at this. We shouldn't be surprised at at what, we shouldn't be surprised at what we saw take place. We shouldn't be surprised at what we're seeing take place. Uh, as far as the media goes, as far as the, 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 the White House and the press secretary and everything else, it's like, n- no, no, we shouldn't be surprised at that at all. We need to uh, like, and, and going back to something I said a, a, a minute ago, you know, it, it's not, it's not hateful and harming to, to tell people the truth. It's not. What, what's hateful and harming is for, for left-leaning, God-hating progressives to tell people that your truth is a higher authority than the truth of Scripture. The, the message that we as believers communicate is that, that you, every person, every person conceived, every single person conceived is made in the image of God. God possessing distinct value dignity and worth your creator made you male or female you had nothing to do with that just like you had nothing to do with the level of melanin in your skin or the ethnicity you were born in or where you were born or who your parents are or the fact that you were born no, the hate-filled nonsense is coming from the left-leaning, progressive, God-hating crowd who try to groom you into believing that your truth, what you quote-unquote feel, is elevated above biblical truth. And that is hatred. That is hatred because that is not true. And that is what Audrey Hale is experiencing. She understands that now. And it brings me no pleasure and no joy to say this, but she is experiencing unless there was some sort of absolutely incredible, miraculous moment where the Spirit of God interceded before uh, Officer Rex and and Officer Michael uh, put her down But but unless there was a moment that the Holy Spirit granted her regeneration, repentance, and faith, because because I know she heard the gospel. At the covenant school with her parents, she heard the gospel of God and of our Lord Jesus Christ. The seeds were there. She rejected it. But unless that took place, she is experiencing the full, unbridled, justified wrath of God, never-ending Hotter than hot, weeping and gnashing of teeth, the worst sounds, sights, smells that you can possibly imagine, she's experiencing that right now, unless the Lord granted her repentance. And that's true for all of us. I just, oh. And then you've got, you know, you've got the the crowd out there that is just blaming it all on the weapon and all on the tools. And, and, you know, we need to pass the assault weapons ban and, and, you know, more guns, more guns and, or less guns, less guns. And we don't, you know, I, I saw a video today of a congressman. I'm not sure where he was from, uh, who was just yelling and cussing it at, at uh, representative Massey for saying that we needed to arm teachers and he's and, and he's spewing I mean he's spewing lies and nonsense saying that states that have open carry laws, they have more murders, they have more mort No, they don't. That's not true. That is not true, brothers and sisters. So you've got everybody twisting and, and, and Twisting this and and taking it every which way, but but look, I mean, this is the truth. This is it right here, and, and this is kind of the. I think this is going to be the title of this episode: is just be on alert. The world hates you. It does. The world hates you because it hates our Lord. You know, we know that we know that Jesus came and lived a perfect life, right? The gospel of God and of our Lord Jesus Christ, the life, death, burial, and resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of sins. That's why he came. Scripture tells us that very clearly. Look at first Corinthians 15, one through five. Jesus Christ died according to the scriptures and, 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 and then he rose again according to the scriptures. But why was he hated? Why was he hated? Why was he killed? Well, there there are multiple reasons, but I want to cover two of them just very briefly, but then I really want to wanna to drill down on the second one, because this is also why the world hates us. And the first reason why Christ was killed, and by the way, we, we see this throughout the scriptures. We see Luke chapter 20, John 5, John 8, John 10. We see the plot to kill him, the plot to stone him. Um, all, we, we see it all throughout the gospel accounts. Well, first and foremost, the, one of the reasons that the, the, uh, that Jesus was, was targeted uh, is because the, the Pharisees and the Sadducees at the time, they, they, they were jealous and afraid. There's two reasons right there. They were jealous and afraid. He attracted huge crowds. He was popular with the crowds, um, even though he, pre- he, he he did preach repentance. That's why he came. And he said that very clearly, Mark chapter one, he, he came to preach, repent and believe the gospel. He needed to go to other cities and towns. Why? It says this, for I have come to preach this message. Repent and believe. Turn from your sin. But he had compassion on people. And he, he operated with gentleness and kindness and compassion. He came to save the sick sinner, not the righteous. And so they were jealous, but then also they were afraid. They were afraid of losing their power because of how popular he was um, with with the people. So those are just, again, two very high level, not going to get into it, not going to dig into it. But but, but this next one, this third one is one that I want to spend some time on. He exposed them. He exposed them just by just him being there. I mean, perfect in every way jesus christ was the embodiment of literally of all things holy 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 and all things righteousness and and it exposed them just by his example but then he spoke out against them they tried to test him he never failed for the test why he's god (laughs) that's why so he, he exposed their sin that said, why does the world hate him? He exposes us. He exposes our sin. That's what he does. That's what the law of God does. That's what the, we see scripture state constantly, that the law is a tutor, that it exposes it sin. That's what it does. That's the purpose of it. It's to expose the fact that none of us will ever live up to God's righteous standard. None of us will because of sin, because of the fall, and because we, we don't, we're not sinners because we sin, okay? We are sinners from birth, that's why we sin. We're sinners from conception, that's why we sin. And when Christ comes, when the living word of God comes, it ex, uh, he exposes that sin. When the light of the world comes, And that's who he is. That is one of his names. He is the light of the world. When he comes, no one can hide from this light. It exposes us. It lays us bare. And so what happens? That makes people mad. They don't want to be exposed. They don't. So we see here, I'm going to turn to John chapter three, um, and, and in this section, we're going to have a lot of Bible because, um, well, hello, it's a matter of theology. So, uh, we are going to, we're going to look at, look, look at some scripture as to, as, as, as to what's going on here, what's going on here. And then we're going to talk about what we should do in response and how we as believers should respond. So, Jesus says, uh, and this is um, uh, John chapter three, obviously very familiar passage. Um, uh, We'll start in verse 16. Uh, Our Lord says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to judge the world, uh, but that the world might be saved through him. He who, verse 18, he who believes in him is not judged. He who does not believe has been judged already because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten son of God. So I wanna pause here for a second and point a couple things out. That for, for the son, for God did not send the son into the world this time, this time to judge the world. He is coming back. He is. He will return and he will judge the living and the dead but that the world might be saved through him. He who believes in him is not judged. He who does not believe, he who does not believe has been judged already because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten son of God. So for those, for those who do not believe in Christ, the judgment is already on you. You are already judged. You have already been found wanting. And the only hope you have is Christ. The only hope you have is is to repent of your sin and believe on the Lord Jesus Christ to confess Him as Lord. That's it. And this is the judgment, verse nineteen, that the light capital L. The, if you're reading from the Legacy Standard Bible, which I hope you are, or the New American Standard Bible, I hope you're reading that one too. Um, you'll notice that light is capitalized. That is a that, that's because that is referring to Christ himself. And this is the judgment that the light of the world has come into the world and men loved the darkness rather than the light for their deeds were evil. Verse 20, for everyone who does evil hates the light and does not come to the light lest his deeds be exposed. There it is right there. Everyone who does evil hates Christ, hates the light because he exposes them. So, what does that mean for us? Well, it isn't that we have to guess, it isn't that we have to wonder. We know because scripture tells us. Scripture tells us, John chapter 15. All right, if you're in the book of John, flip over a few pages. As you can see, like I said, didn't have anything prepared. Just doing this as I wrote some stuff down. John chapter 15. So we see here our Lord, starting in verse 18, says this. If the world hates you, know that it has hated me before it hated you. Okay? Um, uh, John later goes on to say in his epistle in 1 John chapter 3 verse 13, do not marvel, brothers. If the world hates you, don't be surprised that the new American standard says don't be surprised. Don't be shocked. Don't be taken back. Don't um, I, I would I would even go as far to say don't fret if the world hates you brothers. The world is going to hate you. Why? If the world hates you, know that it has hated me before, uh, before it hated you. Verse 19. If you were of the world, the world would love its own. But because you are not of the world, but I chose you out of the world because of this, the world hates you. That's it. Period. I mean, it's it's very, very clear. Jesus goes on to say in verse 20 Remember that remember the word that I said to you, a slave is not greater than his master. If they persecuted me, they will also persecute you. Will. Will. It is a fact. It is going to happen. It has happened. It is happening. Why? Because there are those who love evil. They hate evil the light. They hate the light. And where does this evil come from? Where do these evil desires or evil deeds come from? Well, they come from the heart. That's where they come from. Mark, flipping over there and down, Mark chapter seven and verse 21. If I can ever get to Mark seven, there it is, Mark seven in verse 21. For from within, out of the heart of men, proceed evil thoughts sexual immoralities, thefts, murders, adulteries, coveting, wickedness, deceit, sensuality, envy, slander, pride, and foolishness. All these evil things proceed from within and defile a man. So one more I wanna look at is Jeremiah and Jeremiah chapter 14 And Jeremiah chapter 14, and and listen to this, thus says Yahweh to this people, even so they have loved to wander. They have not kept their feet in check. Therefore, Yahweh does not accept them. Now he will remember their iniquity and punish their sin. And then check this out. So Yahweh said to me, do not pray for the good of this people. When they fast, I am not going to listen to their cry. And when they offer burnt offerings and grain offering, I am not going to accept them. Rather, I'm going to make an end of them by sword, famine, and pestilence. Yahweh said, don't pray for them. Don't pray for them. The Lord does not accept them. Yahweh does not accept them, except those who love the darkness and not the light, except those who don't repent. He will remember their iniquities and punish their sins. That goes for every person who has died and will die in their sins. That goes for every person marked out for destruction. That goes for every person like Audrey Elizabeth Hale, again, apart from the saving, salvific, meritorious work of the Lord Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of sins. He punishes sin. He does. And, but we've we've got to be prepared for this, brothers and sisters. We have to be aware of this. We have to be on guard against this. We have to know how to respond to this. I, I mentioned it earlier, but I want to read it. Um, I know I got verse 12 right out of 2 Timothy, but I want to read verse 13 as well um, because this is very, very true. 2 Timothy chapter three. Uh, actually, let me back up to verse one, but know this, know this, be confirmed in this. That in the last days, difficult times will come for men will be lovers of self lovers of money, boastful, arrogant, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, ungrateful, unholy, unloving, irreconcilable, malicious gossips without self-control, without gentleness, without love for good, treacherous, reckless, conceited lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God holding to a form of godliness, but having denied its power, keep away from such men as these. And then the apostle Paul writing to his young son in the faith says in verse 10, but you followed my teaching, conduct, purpose, faith, patience, love, perseverance, persecutions and sufferings such as happened to me at Antioch and Iconium and at Lystra, what persecutions I endured and out of them all the Lord rescued me. So you should go back and look, go back and look, go back and read acts, everything Paul experienced, go back and and read Philippians and understand that Paul is chained and in jail. And also understand that when he's writing this letter to his young son in the faith, Timothy, he is nearing the end of his life when he will be martyred and put to death for his faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. But he's warning them, he's warning Timothy, and he's warning us. The Lord is warning us. As Paul pins this under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, he says this, verse 12, indeed, all who desire to live godly lives, excuse me, indeed, all who desire to live godly in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. verse 13 but evil men and imposters will proceed from bad to worse deceiving and being deceived this should not shock us and um you guys know um if you're listening to this um it, you know, right after it's been recorded, I, I just returned from the 2023 Shepherds Conference. And there, the theme of that conference was Shepherding the Remnant. And, uh, my, my friend, um, uh, Dr. James Coates, he preached in his main session. His sermon was entitled The Persecution of the Remnant. And, um, and where he unpacked this section of scripture. And so I just want to give you just a few of, of, um, uh, his homiletical points and a few quotes that he said, um, because it, it applies here. The persecution of the remnant, those who have been called out of the world, Christ followers those who have been rescued from the the dominion of sin and death those have who have been redeemed and will experience um, the resurrection body uh, we're going to get into that here in just a, just a few minutes um, but the remnant those called out from the world we will experience persecution if we live godly lives and so James his first point out of uh, this sermon was the certainty of persecution and that word indeed denotes that. It will happen. It will happen. And James said this in that sermon. He said, quote, if you live a life for the glory of Christ, you will be swimming against the current of the world. Period. Close quote. And that is very true. That is very true. And and here's an example. Well, here's an example. of Well, let me let me put a pin in that. I'm going to give you that example here in a second because we just talked about it, but I want to highlight it. Second, he mentioned that. So we've got the certainty of persecution and then the condition of persecution, all who desire to live godly in Christ. Do you want to avoid persecution? Simple. Be like the world. Capitulate. Be ashamed of the gospel. Be ashamed of biblical truth round off the edges of the gospel. If you want to avoid persecution, Tell people like Andy Stanley does that the Bible says so is not an adequate starting point. If you want to avoid persecution, go ahead and adopt his message of unhitching yourself from the Old Testament. Go ahead and 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 tell people that it doesn't matter that, that the You know the the message isn't that the Bible's infallible and inerrant and sufficient and authoritative. It's just the, the just 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 the resurrection. And go ahead and tell people that you know that the reason you're a Christian is because Jesus makes you better. If you want to avoid persecution, be involved in those type of ministries because those type of ministries do have a Lord, but their Lord is the prince of the power of the air. Their Lord is the father of lies. The devil, their Lord is, is leading them to the twisting of the scriptures to their own destruction. Second Peter tells us you want now James didn't say all that. That's me. If you want to avoid persecution and you want to avoid stuff like this happening to you and yours, that's all you got to do: deny Christ, deny His Word. But I warn you: if you do that and you stay your persecution on this side of eternity, the wrath that you will experience in eternity, um, you will be grave, oh, gravely mistaken and 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 heartbroken that you, that you did or not. Or not moving on um, the condition of persecution, all who desire to live a godly life, the catalyst of persecution, the catalyst of it, what kicks it off desire, purpose, resolve, all who desire indeed all who desire to live a godly life, and this 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 desire as James was saying, is cultivated uh, through the through through the obedience to the word prayer. And, and, and following the commands of, 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 of scripture. And James said this, and this quote, I wrote it down and it was, it was someone that stuck with me. He said, he said, quote, order the entirety of your life by the word of God, exclamation point, close quote, <laughs> Aaron, if you're listening, I put an exclamation point there and that, cause that's how James said it. Um, so we've got to be prepared, and, you know, these six people, Cynthia, Mike, Catherine, um, Evelyn, William, and Hallie, they and theirs desire to live a godly life. That's why they were there at that school. It isn't that they uh, that they stood up to... Uh, to to the wiles of, of the enemy through uh, through tyrannical government. It isn't that they that, that, that they stood up and, and, and took some took a Bible and literally hit someone with it. Um, it, it wasn't that they you know d- didn't do anything like that. These six people did nothing that we know of yet that we know of yet. Let me just be fair here because all of the details of this of this murder um, uh, are still still coming out but they did nothing to To Audrey Hale directly. She went into that school looking for random targets because it was a hate crime. And that's yet to have been said by, by the national media. This was a hate crime against Christ followers. But they were persecuted. They were martyred because they desired to live a godly life. And that will be, we have to be prepared for that ourselves. We have to count the cost. We have to, we, we do. Uh, let me flip over to Luke 9.23. Um, I just there. My Bible kept going, or I kept going. So Luke 9.23 is, um, this, again, our Lord just, this is right after the disciples were sent out and, uh, and in verse 23, it says that he was saying to them all, if anyone wishes to come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. Verse 24, for whoever wishes to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake, he is the one who will save it. For what is a man profited if he gains the whole world and loses or forfeits himself? for whoever is ashamed of me and my words, Andy Stanley, the the son of man will be ashamed of him when he comes in his glory and the glory of the father and of the holy angels. But I say to you truthfully, there are some of those, uh, this, well, he's getting into the, what's about to happen. Some of those who are, uh, some of those standing here who will not taste death until they see the kingdom of God. And then of course the transfiguration takes place next. But the point of that section is whoever wished to save his life will lose it. Take up your cross daily and follow Christ. So that was the catalyst, James says, of persecution. Then he gets into the cause of persecution, right? Living godly, John 15. We already talked about that. Um, and then the criteria or the standard of persecution. Um, our lives, James said this quote, our lives are to testify of the lordship of Christ. Count the cost. Take up your cross daily and follow him. Are, here's a good question that James put before all of us who were there and all of us who have listened to that sermon since then. If you have heard this sermon, this question is put before you based upon the truths of God's word. Are you ready to lose it all for the sake of Christ? It may be a direct threat. You may stand for truth and someone comes after you, arrests you, beats you, or kills you. Or it may be like these six precious souls at the Covenant School in Nashville where you have no idea that it's coming. You're going about your day seeking to honor and glorify the Lord, desiring to live a godly life and someone who doesn't like that because it exposes their darkness and has been given over to a depraved mind and most likely is under the influence and possession of of, of spiritual darkness comes in. Are you prepared for that? We should be because it's our, and and James said this at the end of the sermon, he said, it's our duty and it's a delight because he is worthy. So how do we prepare for that? Well, first and foremost, you detach from the world. It doesn't mean that you, you go and, and move to a convent somewhere as a monk. That's not it. But you detach from the things of the world, the the worldly systems, the, the the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the boastful pride of life that that which will be burned up in the second coming. You detach from that. So, how do we respond to this, believers? What do we do? What do we do? Well, the first the first thing the first thing we do is the first thing we do is we are steadfast and we're immovable. The first thing we do is, 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 is we remember that, um, first Corinthians and, and I'm going to be there a good bit, um, as, as we kind of move towards, uh, kind of where I'd planned on wrapping this up, um, But we, number one, we stand for truth and we obey God's commands. Multiple times we see um, in the scriptures the the reminder from our Lord and the reminder from His apostles, uh, the reminder from the Apostle Paul that um, that those who love the Lord will obey His commands. We will know the commands of God. We will love His Word. We will desire to obey His Word, understanding that it is the ultimate authority, the chief authority in our lives. That it is living and active that it is sharper than any two-edged sword piercing as far as the division of soul and spirit, both joints and marrow and able to judge the thoughts and the intentions of the heart. And so that's where we start. We, we are steadfast. We're immovable on the commands of scripture. We are steadfast. We are immovable, um, in, in holding to what God's word says. We desire to be obedient to his word. We desire to stand for truth, but then we desire to love, and I've already said it once, but it bears repeating. The most loving thing that we can do for anyone in our lives is to tell them the truth, to give them the gospel, to speak up the name of Jesus, to beg them. Don't be too proud when giving the gospel to the world. If you're street preaching, if you're preaching with a family member, if you're sharing the gospel amongst coworkers, Don't be afraid to beg. Don't be too proud to beg. Please, I earnestly beg you in light of the meritorious, wondrous works of the life, the death, the burial, and the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of sins. Please repent and believe. Please. Don't be too proud to beg. But we do, we love we respond we respond in situations like this with gentleness this is this is super important super important we are to be marked by the fruits of the spirit uh, right and so Galatians um, let me flip over there real quick um, Galatians chapter 5 is where we where we see those the the fruits of the spirit and so we're to be where to be people marked out by obedience to the word and we are to be people that puts to death sin Right, the d- desires de- uh, put to put to put to death the desires of the flesh. Right, so Galatians chapter five, starting at verse sixteen. But I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not carry out the desire of the flesh, for the flesh sets its desire against the Spirit, and the Spirit against the flesh, for these are in opposition to opposition to one another. So you do not do the things you want. But if you were led by the Spirit, you were not under the law. Remember, the law is 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 what incites sin. So uh, the apostle Paul goes on to write that the deeds of the flesh are evident, sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, outbursts of anger, selfish ambition, uh, ambition, dissensions, factions, envying, drunkenness, carousing, and things like these, which I forewarn you just as I have forewarned you that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God, put them to death, all those things. Verse 22, but the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control against such things. There is no law for those who belong to Christ. Jesus crucified. Excuse me. Let me read that. But now those who belong to Christ, Jesus crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Those who, those of us who belong to Christ, we crucify the flesh and the desires of the flesh. But if we live by the spirit, let us also walk in step with the spirit. We are to be people marked out by the fruit of the spirit. So that's how we respond. Seek to walk in that way. Starve the flesh, kill the flesh, feed the spirit. Now, this doesn't mean, by the way, yes, we're to be marked out as uh, as those who love. Definitely, definitely. And to be marked by gentleness and kindness. Absolutely could not agree more. Doesn't This doesn't mean that we're non-confrontational though. It doesn't mean that we're pushovers. It just means that in our when we when we uh, when we are courageous, and when we when we speak up the name of Christ, and we live out that godly life that is to be seasoned with those fruits: love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. So we're courageous. We live by the fruits of the Spirit. We honor God. We we obey His commands. We don't revile when reviled. And there may be some listening to this and being like, well, isn't that what you're doing? You've mentioned the progressive, you progressive, left-leaning, God-hating people, you know, and they're talking about Christians right now. Aren't you reviling and doing that? No, I'm not. I'm I'm, I'm I'm, speaking the truth. Those are facts. They would identify as progressive, left-leaning God-haters. So I'm not saying anything that's not true. And I'm not saying anything in a way, my tone, for the tone police out there, that's not True but we're not to revile in return when we're called names when we are persecuted yes we defend we may very absolutely defend but we don't revile and there's a there's a difference there's a difference first peter chapter two we 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 see christ here as our example first peter two uh starting in verse twenty one and the apostle Peter writes for uh, for to this you have been called since Christ also suffered for you leaving you an example that you should follow in his steps who did no sin nor was any deceit found in his mouth who being reviled was not reviling in return while suffering he was uttering no threats but kept entrusting himself to him who judges righteously who himself bore our sins in the body on the tree so that having died to sin, we might live to righteousness for by his wounds, Isaiah 53, five, for by his wounds you were healed for you were continually straying like sheep, but now you have returned to the shepherd and overseer of your souls. And then just a few sentences later, he sums it all up. First Peter three uh, verses eight and nine, not a sum up all, not a sum up all of you be like-minded sympathetic brotherly tender-hearted humble in spirit not returning evil for evil or reviling for reviling but giving blessing instead for you were called for this very purpose that you might inherit a blessing okay calling out truth okay calling out uh false uh falsities uh, lies um is is in and defending defending christ and his church That's not reviling. There's a difference. There's no malicious intent there. With with reviling, there's there's malicious vengeance and, and revenge that you're wanting. Standing up for truth and calling out lies, that's different. That's different. Keeping along this theme of not paying back evil for evil, but blessing instead of cursing, we see Paul again, Romans chapter 12. And he says this in... Lost my place. There we go. Verse 14, bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Weep with those who weep. Being of the same mind toward one another, not being haughty in mind, but associating with the humble, do not be wise in your own mind. Verse 17, never paying back evil for evil to anyone, respecting what is good in the sight of all men, if possible, so far as it depends on you, be at peace with all men. Never taking your own revenge, beloved. Instead, leave room for the wrath of God, for it is written, vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. Vengeance is mine. I will repay, says Yahweh. So, brothers and sisters, we bless, we do not curse those who persecute us. And I love this section of Romans. Bless here uh, in, in the Greek is like to cause, to prosper, to make happy. But again, it's not at the expense of truth, not at the expense of Christ's glory, not at the expense of confessing his name, not at the expense of biblical principles, but we bless them. We don't curse them. We don't, we don't, impre- uh, I, I like how, uh, I, when I looked this up and started getting into the biblical language here, Strong's definitions was awesome. It's not to imprecate evil upon. Okay. In psalms are different. Again, that's the word of God, different. You got to make, you know, anyway, I'm not going to get into all that right now. But it's it's we're, we're blessing them. We're not cursing them. We're not. We pity them ultimately because we know what's coming for them. And I like the way Paul wraps this up, never taking your own revenge, beloved, instead leave room for the wrath of God, for it is written Vengeance is mine. I will repay, says the Lord. The last thing that we need to be, how how we respond is, so we start with, you know, we're courageous, courageously obeying the commands of scripture. We resist reviling and then we remember and rest in the promises of God. We remember and rest in, and the promises of God, so that we may overcome the the wiles of the enemy and the craziness of this world. And so just a few passages of scripture um as just some encouragement. We we see we see here Proverbs eleven. Proverbs eleven nineteen let me turn over there. This may take longer than, <laughs> than I thought. Like I said, if you're still here, thank you. Proverbs eleven nineteen: He who is steadfast in righteousness will attain life. He who is steadfast in righteousness will attain life. And he who pursues evil will bring about his own death. Isaiah twenty six three, the steadfast of mind you will keep in perfect peace, because he trusts you. First Corinthians fifteen, therefore my beloved brothers and we're gonna un, we're gonna read a little bit more here in a minute. Let me pause. We we are we not gonna read that one. We're gonna we're gonna wait. We're gonna wait because it's a, I want to read it in context. That's a great verse to have. It's a good coffee cup verse, but it's also uh, in context. It's I want you to see why we're steadfast and immovable. Uh, Colossians Colossians chapter one, and, and I want to do that here too. So Colossians chapter one, starting in verse 15, who is the image of the invisible God, that being Christ, the Lord Jesus Christ, the son of God, the son of man. He's the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation for in him, all things were created both in the heavens and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things, all things have been created through him and for him. And he is before all things and in him, all things hold together. And he is the head of the body, the church who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead. That's key. Put a pin in that. We're going to talk about that a little bit more in Corinthians here in a minute, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead so that he himself will come to have first place in everything for in him, all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell and through him to reconcile all things to himself, having made peace through the blood of his cross through him, whether things on earth or things in heaven. And although you were formerly alienated and enemies in mind and in evil deeds, but now He reconciled you in the body of his flesh through death in order to present you before him holy and blameless and beyond reproach. If indeed you continue in the faith, firmly grounded and steadfast, not moving away from the hope of the gospel which you have heard, which has, which was proclaimed in all creation under heaven and of which I, Paul was made a minister. I first Corinthians 15, uh, first Corinthians one, 15 through 23. I wanted to look at that in context and I wanted to look at all of that. And because that's who Christ is and that's who we are. And because of that, we are to be firmly grounded and steadfast, not moved away from the hope of the gospel, the hope that we have in the gospel of God and of our Lord Jesus Christ. Paul said in 1 Corinthians 16, verses 13 and 14, says, be watchful, stand firm in the faith, act like men, be strong. Let all that you do be done in love. John 16, 33. We've been in John 15, right? So af right after right after John is, or the Lord is is letting them know that the world's gonna hate you because the, the the world hates me. And because they hate me, they're gonna hate you, they're gonna persecute you. And he's he's walking them through what's happening, he's warning them, he's letting them know that the Holy Spirit is coming, he's promising that, and 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 he ends. Right before his high, the high priestly prayer of Christ, he says, these things I have spoken to you so that in me you may have peace. In the world you have tribulation. But take courage, take heart. I have overcome the world. Amen. Amen and we're grateful for that and we rest there but when we when we see going back to how we started this episode when we see this uh, tragic it's not senseless that's something else i saw is this the senseless death of six people well it's it's tragic it's awful but it's not senseless this was a targeted attack This was a hate crime. This was, these people were martyred for their faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. We've talked about that. But when these pressure, I mean, especially when there are kids involved, man, it's just so easy to just feel that weight and we should feel that weight and we rejoice with those who rejoice and we mourn with those who mourn. But, but our mourning is different. And this is something that we need to remind ourselves of personally, but then also remind other believers in the Lord Jesus Christ of, 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 of these truths right here. First Thessalonians chapter four, 13 and 14. Again, Paul writing, but we do not want you to be uninformed, brothers, about those who are asleep, so that you will not grieve as do the rest who have no hope. For we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so God will bring with him those who have fallen asleep in Jesus. Mm. Do you believe that? Brothers and sisters, do you believe that? do you hope in the life to come you know so often today in, and in the world we live in it's you know you've got the everything from the covid nonsense to the protests and riots and to what we're seeing now and today. And, and and you've got some believers out there who are trying to create some sort of Christian utopia and, and that's not going to happen. We know that's not going to happen according to scripture. Um, but, but, but sometimes in our own ranks, there's this hyper, hyper focus on, on doing everything we can to, to improve our conditions here. And I'm not saying we shouldn't don't hear what I'm not saying. Don't read farther into what I am saying. But listen to what Paul says in 1 Corinthians 15 and verse 19. If we have hoped in Christ in this life only, we are of all men most to be pitied. If we have hoped in Christ in this life only, we are of all men most to be pitied. Verse 20, but now Christ has been raised from the dead, the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. For since by a man came death, by a man also came the resurrection of the dead. For as in Adam all die, so also in Christ all will be made alive. Verse 26, the last enemy to be abolished is death. Paul then goes on to unpack what this means that the resurrection, uh, the resurrection of the dead that will take place, the resurrection body that all who are in Christ will receive, um, that we must receive a resurrection body. That, uh, and, and the reason that, that that's the case is because um, of verse 50 of uh, 1 Corinthians 15. Now I say this, brothers, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God nor does the corruptible inherit the incorruptible. And this, this is where it's important to know the context of, of one of my favorite verses. Therefore, my, you know, verse 58 about being steadfast and immovable context is key here. Verse 51, behold, I tell you a mystery. We will not all sleep, but we will all be changed in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet, for the trumpet will sound and the dead will be raised incorruptible and we will be changed for this corruptible must put on the incorruptible and this mortal mortal must put on the Im- immortality but when this incorruptible puts on the incorruptible and this mortal puts on immortality then will come about the word that is written death is swallowed up in victory o death where is your victory Oh, death, where is your sting? Now, the sting of, of death is sin, and the power of sin is the law, but thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my beloved brothers, considering all of that, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. We know that Jesus Christ is alive, right? We, we see that in, in Revelation. Well, I mean, we see it all throughout the scriptures. We believe that. We believe the truth that we see in, in Revelation, uh, in Revelation chapter 1. Uh, when John is caught up in a vision, he's he's caught up, he's seeing what's going on um, while he's on the island at Patmos, and he describes it. And then in verse 17, he says, and when I saw him, I fell at his feet like a dead man. And he placed his right hand on me saying, do not fear. I am the first and the last and the living one. And I was dead and behold, I am alive forever and ever. And I hold the keys to death and of Hades. That's what we rest in. That's why Paul could say in Philippians chapter 1, for me to live is Christ and to die is gain. But if I'm to live on in the flesh, this will mean fruitful labor for me. mm And he goes on to encourage the church at Philippi. He says in verse 27, only live your lives in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ. And in no way, verse 28, in no way alarmed by your opponents, which is a sign of destruction for them, but of salvation for you. And that too, your salvation is from God for to you. It has been granted for Christ's sake, not only to believe in him, but also to suffer for his sake. Brothers and sisters, that is the truth. Reject anyone who would say that the Christian life is the easy life. That is not it. That is not it at all on multiple levels. It's not. And even though it may not be the quote unquote easy life, it is the life that is the most rewarding and fulfills what we were created to fulfill. We were created to be his bride. So that's where we rest is we, we, it may not be easy. We may face persecution, heartache and trial. We will face persecution, heartache and trial. But, uh, when, when that comes our way, we stand courageously and when we do mourn and we do um, we do experience the loss that we that we that so many saw and experienced this week, when we do grieve, we grieve with hope knowing the future and knowing knowing who's in control of the future and to whom we belong. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Matter of theology. We love you. We'll see you on the next one.